we are trusting the Lord to become builders, hallelujah, or to become makers. It's our year of makers and altars, hallelujah. A maker is a builder, is somebody that puts something together. And what we want to answer our address is that we are building, number one, our own lives according to the will of God. Do you understand? The life of a man can be compared unto a building that is put up. Your experience on campus can be compared unto a building that is put up. Okay? Now we are saying that the first principle that you need to be able to build effectively or build in a way that will yield results is wisdom. Do you understand? Okay. So when you have that first thing, then we are sure that whatever you are going to build is going to be sustainable. Okay. Bible said that by wisdom, a house is built. Okay. Building is by wisdom. It's not the only principle, but then is the beginning. Okay. Assuming the product build this building, did not have wisdom concerning building, we will not be here today. Yes or no? Yes. Uh-huh. So by the grace of God, we just want to lay some foundations generally about wisdom. I think today I'm going to try and conclude it. And then from next week, you know, next week we have a special program. Hallelujah. Amen. Next week we'll be talking about love at first insight. Amen. 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 Not love at first sight. Oh. Praise God. How many of us have felt love at first sight before? And you saw somebody felt something. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> Speak for yourself. No, the most seriously, if you have seen someone and you felt something, raise your hand. Wow. Hey, ladies, you have not felt anything like that. Let me come around this area. You haven't felt that way before? Wow. What about you? You have felt it. What about you? Hey. <laughs> Is it the crowd? They don't trust you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we'll be talking about love at first what insight. So next week we'll deviate a little. want to lay some foundations concerning love, concerning, you know, lust, concerning infatuation, because we need to understand the difference. And then we'll lay down some basic principles concerning relationships. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So that you don't make bad decisions whilst you're on campus. Amen. Amen. Yeah. If you're in first year and you have not started dating, please don't be in a hurry to date. And if you just started dating, I would advise you not to continue. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> I advise you. Yeah, you're welcome. God bless you. Uh, I advise you not to continue. Amen. I, are you seeing somebody? No. Do you want to see somebody? I you are not planning anything. No. Okay. Look at me. It's a neighbor. Take your time. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry. 
Take your time. Last week I was telling you guys that neuroscience has taught us that even as at age 25, the brain is still growing. Yeah. So the brain keeps on growing. I think the, the growth stops somewhere around between 26 and 27 or 28 or about. So most people, their brain still keeps growing. So they feel a certain way when they are 20 years. By the time they are 25, they feel different. It's like they are very different people. So a lot of you, it will take time for you to understand yourself clearly. Do you understand? So last week I told you that don't allow somebody use you as an experiment. And then the person doesn't know what he wants. How can you give me what I don't know? Okay, I, I tell that give me something, but I don't know what I want, but I expect you to give it to me. It's very difficult. Do you understand? Uh -huh. And then you too, you don't know what you really want. You see, so you need to take your time. And um, some of us, our, our brain is not well developed. Emotionally, we are not very intelligent yet. So we make a lot of mistakes. So I pray that this platform will help you and give you wisdom so that you eliminate a lot of mistakes in your life. Amen. Amen. If I let, let me just show you one scripture and then we'll go to what we are dealing with today. Because I'm talking about the matter of wisdom, I just want to show you one scripture by the grace of God. And I pray that the Lord himself will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes. Thank you, Jesus. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Are we there? Yeah. We are going to read the verse number 12. In fact, we can read verse 11 and verse 12. The Bible said that wisdom is as good as an inheritance and an advantage to those who see the sun. Hallelujah. Verse 12, because wisdom is protection as money is protection. And the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of its owner. Do you get it? Wisdom preserves the life of its owner. Life is short. You have only one life. Only one. Only one. We don't get second chances when it comes to life. Praise the Lord. When I came to first year here, you know, Seven years looked like it won't come. It felt so long, like, not my school for so long. But now I look back and it feels like yesterday. Yeah, it feels like yesterday. I can remember a lot of the things that happened when we were in first year. Okay. 2010, where were you? <laughs> you. 
2010, trying to find a place to stay, you were in primary school. Do you get it? Uh-huh. Do you understand? It's a long time, but it's a short time. Yeah. I was staying at I was staying at Green Hostel, the hostel here. I was in a Green Hostel. Yeah, we're the first people that inhabited that hostel or stayed there. And it looked as if seven years would never come. It came so quickly. So life is short. And there are many mistakes when you make in life. It's very difficult to recover from them. So the Bible said that wisdom is a preserver. It preserves your life. It helps you to avoid terrible mistakes. Do you know that people get HIV AIDS when they get to campus? Because wisdom didn't work for them. You see? Uh-huh. But when you enter campus with wisdom, you won't do something that will give you HIV AIDS. Right now, recently they published something. In Ghana here, over 40,000 people have HIV AIDS. And most of them are between the ages of 18 to 25 or so. So there are friends like you that have got HIV AIDS. And these are people that have been tested. So you can imagine the ones that have not been tested. Could it be that the person that is trying to sleep with you has HIV? No. Could it be? Could it be? Yeah. As they are chatting with you, I, I can't wait to see you. I've missed you. I want to. I want to do things to you. <laughs> it is HIV that is calling you. HIV. HIV. HIV is saying that. Come, let me do things to you. HIV is calling you. I'm telling you. HIV is calling you. You see, say wisdom. Wisdom. wisdom preserves the life of those who have it. Preserves your life. I'm telling you something. So that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Don't be in a hurry. Just relax. Be peace. One day you see the difference. It will be so clear. Today I was teaching in church. I was teaching them about strange boys and girls. Hmm? There are some people you shouldn't date in your life. Yeah. You should never date them. Even if they say they love you, run away. <laughs> Because your love is death. You see? Uh-huh. Bible talks about the strange one. He said that her, her words are like honey. It's sweet. You see? Uh-huh. But then he said that she is like a bitter, uh, what do you call it? Um, I mean like something that is bitter. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So the words are sweet, but the person herself is bitter. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are we following Anyway, when we come next week and we start talking about love at first insight, I'll teach you other things. Amen. Amen. Let me not run away from what we are discussing. So, wisdom. Now, so last week, I explained to you what wisdom is in the Bible, and I showed you the different aspects of wisdom in the Bible. In that wisdom is not just one thing, but the most important thing you need to remember is that wisdom is mastery. Mastery. 
you know, to be able to exercise excellence in a particular thing, okay, or to prove yourself to be a master of a particular thing. So we spoke about it on different levels. We said level one, wisdom is skill. To possess the ability to do something is wisdom. According to the Bible, what course are you reading? Okay, so one day, when you are doing things related to planning, okay, we can say that you are wise in planning because you have acquired the skills to function as a planner or something. Do you get it? What course are you reading? So one day, when you are working as a doctor, we can say that you are wise in medicine because you have acquired the skills to function as a doctor. What course are you reading? Medicine. So same thing. Who reads a different course? Anybody else? What course are you reading? Education. So one day when you are functioning in the education sector, we can say that you are wise in education because you have acquired the skill to function in that capacity. Are we following? Does it make sense? Then we said that wisdom also deals with what we call the principle of life. Okay? What guides your way of living? Life is lived according to principle. A lot of the time, our, our parents raise us up according to the principles that they understand. So we understand things like the way our parents understand things. Okay? If you are a young man and your father beats your mother, you grow up beating women because your father has taught you that that is the way life is. If you are a woman and your mother is always speaking against your father, you grow up speaking against men because your mother has taught you that way. There are some innocent girls that hate men because their mother hated their father. It's a principle that has been downloaded into your mind and into your heart. So there's, we are talking about the approach to life. What, what informs the decisions of life? What informs the way you, you do things? Are you following me? Uh-huh. So last week I ex- established a few things for us. I told us that that is where the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom because the fear of the Lord positions you to approach life from the perspective of God or according to the principle of God. Okay, so I spent time and I explained a few things to you. Okay, I told you that we have people that believe in God. We say that these are theists. There are people that do not believe in the existence of God. These are atheists. Hallelujah. Evelyn. Uh-huh. Then we have what we call the deists. Okay, they say that they, they perceive that there is God. But God can only be known through natural knowledge. Okay, so if we cannot prove a God from a natural point of view, then we don't believe in that God. Hallelujah. The Bible says emphatically that God is spirit. God is not natural. God is spirit. And they that worship God must worship in spirit and in truth. So they are looking for something that they will not find. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you following me? There's an aspect of the knowledge of God that is retained in, nat- in, in nature. We call that one natural theology. When you read Romans chapter 1, you read from verse 18. Bible says, let's go to Romans chapter 1 verse 18. Bible says, for the invisible things of God, or all that can be known of God, okay, 
the invisible things of God, even his divine nature and eternal power has been made known by the things he has made. So when we look at nature, we should see the hand of God or we should see God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you following me? Are you on the same page? Romans 1, who is there from verse 18? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. Okay. For God has showed his invisible things of him. Okay. From the creation of the world are clearly seen. They are clearly seen. The invisible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Continue. Being understood by the things that are made. All right. Hallelujah. Amen. So the invisible things of God, the invisible attributes of God, and we look at it on two planes, the Godhead and then the eternal power. Some versions will say divine nature and eternal power. So when you go into God, there are two dimensions of experience that you are going to encounter. You are going to encounter his divine nature or what we say the quality of God. Okay. We can look at it also as the life of God. Then we also encounter the power of God, his eternal power. Hallelujah. Amen. And then within the power of God, too, we have two dimensions. Okay. You have the, now when we say the dimension, it doesn't mean that it's restrictive, but it gives us a way to experience God or give us an understanding of how we experience the power of God. So we have the power of God in creation and then the power of God in resurrection. Praise God. So when God is on the move, God is on the move to create or to resurrect. Okay? To create deals with things that have not, are not in existence. So for instance, when God looks at you and God enters or invades your life by power, God might be putting something in your life that has never been there. Or God might be restoring something that has been lost. That is resurrection. So even when Abraham believed in God, the Bible said that he believed on him who called those things that be not as though they were. That's creation. Then he also believed in the one who is able to bring dead things back to life. That's what resurrection. So the belief that Abraham believed in God, he believed on him on two planes. In terms of creation, in terms of what? Resurrection. And every problem of man can be solved by two, these two things. Is that you don't have it and we give you, or you have lost it, we restore, we restore it. What do you think? Ah. So that's the word of God. So that's the power of God. So we have the nature of God. Okay. We'll talk about those things, I mean, with time later on. Are you following me? Uh, so there are some people that do not believe in God, or there are some people that don't have an understanding about God, and that's the way they live their life. Okay, there's something we call the Church of Satan. How many of you have heard it before? Okay, now, so one of their main principles is that if it feels good, do it. Eh? <laughs> if it feels good, do it. So, 
you know, so they have a Bible. They today have their Bible. And one of their principles when they are teaching, so when you feel like doing something, do it. If you feel like killing somebody, kill the person. Yeah. You see? So that's the principle of life. Then we also have wisdom on the plane of discretion or judgment. Judgment. The way we think about things, the way we consider things. This is a kind of wisdom that we can look at, even in terms of what we call common sense. Is it? Sometimes your parents test you. They do that. They have, they have put something that they are checking whether your mind will work. And then when the mind doesn't work, they call and say, "Ah, you don't use your mind, cry away. You are not growing." Is it? Because the expert as you are growing, you should exercise judgment and discretion. When I was, when I, was I came to first year, I think first year, second year, before I leave the house, my father will help me pack all my things. We pack, we, you know, things that will go to boxes, enter boxes and all of that. I think by the time I got the third year, when it's time for me to move, he'll be sleeping. He won't come out. It's a test. You check whether the, the mind is working. Whether you to you cross your line, hey, daddy will not wake up and come and pack my things for me. You see, it means they are not using judgment. So you come and check when you are packing, you go inside a letter and come and check how well have you packed them. And it was, oh, okay, you've gotten it. Then you're on your own. You see, you need to grow up. But some of you have filled many tests that your parents gave you. You see, this year, may you repent in the name of Jesus. You don't say amen. Repent. Some of you ladies here in the house, when mommy is not there, then nobody eats in the house. Sometimes mommy will test you. She has gone somewhere. She didn't say anything. When they ask you, so what are you saying? Oh, me, mommy didn't tell me anything. No, mommy didn't tell me anything. Meanwhile, you yourself, you are planning to go and buy Indomie. You have your secret weapon. And your siblings and your dad, they'll be wondering, you have chopped Indomie. Your mom can say, ah, Why? But there's this thing in the fridge, there's this thing, you see, your discretion, your, your judgment didn't work. It didn't kick you. So, like, we can do something with this. It didn't kick you. Praise God. I get to the message. Alright, so basically, I just try to help you understand all these things. Today, I want to help you to understand how to receive wisdom. Okay? It's very important. Now, for us to understand how to receive wisdom, yesterday, last week I mentioned something <coughs> briefly that we have what we call the measures of wisdom. Say measures of wisdom. Now, when we look at the measures of wisdom, we are going to realize that there are different levels of wisdom, number one, and then there are different kinds of wisdom, number two. Okay, different levels deals with the quality and the quantity of the wisdom that you have. Wisdom can be measured. The amount of wisdom in your spirit or in your mind can be measured, can be weighed. I don't believe it. <laughs> so as we, as we are here, we have different levels of wisdom which can be measured. We can know your level. We can know your rank. Okay. You have different kinds of wisdom, as I said. So there's a wisdom that is, is, is for maybe um, biology. There's a wisdom that is for uh, 
chemistry. There's a reason that it's for physics. So you can look at it on different planes like that. We spoke about planning. We spoke about medicine. We spoke about education. All these have different kinds of what wisdom. Are you following me? Now, then we have the wisdom that is of celestial origin. If I say what something is celestial, we are saying that it is heavenly. So the wisdom that is of heaven. Then we have the wisdom that is terrestrial. Now, because of their origins, they have different quality. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you following me? So there's a wisdom that is found among beings that are heavenly. Then there's a wisdom that is found among beings that are what? Earthly. Okay. But by the principle of scripture, the wisdom of heavenly beings are higher than the wisdom of what? Earthly beings. But even among the heavenly beings, there are different levels of wisdom. So we find that God could charge his angels with folly. God could find foolishness among his angels. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Do you get it? Uh Thank you, Jesus. Now when it comes to the regions of men, we can also have different levels and different measures of wisdom. Now, God has dealt unto every man what I will call the residual wisdom. I've told you, last week I told you already. So everybody has a certain kind of wisdom, which is in your heart and your mind. Now, this helps you to exercise judgment as you grow. Now, wisdom is increased by experience or by growth. So that residual wisdom in you increases as you increase in maturity or as you grow when you fail to grow the wisdom can't grow because the processes of wisdom are intimately connected with growth and maturity please do you understand me i follow you yes so with that residual wisdom the most important thing is that we need to grow Common sense comes to people that grow holistically. They grow, they mature. How many of us were in SHS and there was somebody in your class, very good, eh? very good student, okay? But maybe he's the youngest in the class and maybe he wishes, you know, <laughs> at the dormitory. No, 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 I mean, I'm not saying that negative. I want to teach you something. But you had some people around you, maybe first year they were wee-wee or something, had some issue. But they were very good in class or something like that. If you had an experience like that, give me a wave. Yes, that's what I'm trying to teach you. So, so, and there's a reason why that is so. I'll show you. Okay, I'll show you. When you understand the principles, all these things will make sense. Okay. Uh, or then, or there are some people emotionally they are not intelligent. They are very good students. What it means is that they applied certain principles related to academic work, which is yielding results. But when it comes to their emotions, they have not applied the principles that will ensure that wisdom increases even in that sense. Praise God. Hallelujah. There are some people they are they are very good students, but they are very self-centered, very selfish people. Because all their life, they have been trained to be selfish. 
in the house when they cry give me they give them give me they give them when they cry now nah, they receive when they cry now nah, they receive nobody says no to them so when they meet you and you're saying no to them they don't understand it doesn't make sense how many last babies are here raise your hand if you are last baby uh, this, so these are the people i'm talking about <laughs> Yeah, the people that when they cry now, they'll give them. When they cry now, they'll give them. Daddy cannot say no. They black no daddy. They go and stand there. Daddy, so you don't give me. <laughs> daddy will say, it's okay, it's okay. You come, you come. Even when mommy says no, they'll go and black no daddy. Do you get it? Uh, and they always win. It's a mystery. <laughs> I don't understand how they win like that. They always win. It's like they are the boss in the house. Amen. Yeah. All right. So watch here. Watch here. Let's talk about the different measures. Now write these scriptures. Now when you go home, please go and read them. First, First Kings chapter 4. You are going to read about um, Solomon. And we'll look at his wisdom in relation to the wisdom of the Egyptians and the Arabians. That shows us the different levels of wisdom. Solomon had more wisdom than all of them. So first Kings chapter four. Please when you go, you can read that. Amen. All right. I think I forgot to mention also that wisdom is a, is also um related to knowledge and understanding. Okay. If you have knowledge concerning a thing, you can say that you're wise in it. Okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Now so what are some of the things that help us to increase in wisdom? I'm going to keep it very simple because of time. Okay. Let me start with the simple, simple things. Number one, we gain wisdom through laws and principles. We gain wisdom through laws and principles. We gain wisdom through laws and principles. So when God is going to help you to walk in wisdom. God is going to help you by giving you laws and what principles. The practice of medicine comes with a lot of laws and principles. That is what makes us wise in medicine because we are applying laws and principles. Do you get it? Hmm. An excellent doctor is a doctor that he seemed to be applying the laws of principles, I mean principles of practice. So sometimes you find a medical book, they'll say principles and practice of medicine or principles and practice of surgery because principles. Wisdom is obtained through what? Principles and laws. So as you begin to walk with God, God is going to show you the word of God reveals to us the principles of God. The word of God then reveals to us the wisdom of God. Living by principles is living by wisdom. A foolish man doesn't have principles. He's very careless. Everything goes. When you don't have standards, you don't have principles, it's an evidence of foolishness. Everywhere you go, everything you eat, everywhere you sleep, everything you do, you are a fool. It's, it's not, 
it's not, you know, uh, what they call it. Um, it's not calculus. Okay. Uh, it's not difficult. It's straightforward. When you when you leave for anything, uh, you don't have principles. You're a fool. Because even wicked people have principles. They are wise in their wickedness. Praise God. So you cannot be careless. Are you listening to me? Are you following me? Yes, you can't be careless. For instance, you're a student. You don't have a time that you study. So, really, when I feel like studying, I study. You're a fool. <laughs> yeah. There, there must be a principle that guides you. I study at this time. I've noticed that this time is effective for me. I use it. I maximize it. I study at this time. When I study and it doesn't work, I have to find something that works for me and I apply it. A principle. That, then you are using wisdom. Because maybe you are reading a book, you are not getting it. Will videos help me? I go and look for videos about it. I watch the videos. And I, then I realize that, oh, the videos help me more. You see? So even before I come and read the book, I will watch the videos on this matter. And then now come and say, now, that is you. You are applying principles to make sure that you are getting what it is. You are becoming wise. Do you understand what I'm telling you? So to walk in wisdom is to walk by laws and what principles. Okay. Number two, wisdom comes by practice or experience, or you increase wisdom by practicing or by gaining experience. By practicing or by gaining what experience. <coughs> now, what it means is that, in fact, I should have mentioned another point first, but don't worry, when I go there, we're still connected. What it means is that, now the principles that you're exposed to, or the law that you're exposed to, gives you something that is wise to do. Now, in your consistency in doing it, you are going to discover that you will be increasing from one level of wisdom to another by the practice. Does it make sense? Your consistency, how you are doing it every day, because you are getting more experience. It now becomes even more clear for you why God has ordained that is like that. You are now beginning to also see it. You see it clearly because you are practicing. So when you set the time to study as a wise man and you keep on doing it, with time you are going to appreciate why it's good to have a time to study. You see, you begin to realize that when I don't set aside time to study, it's indeed that I'm a foolish man. You understand? Because you have gained the experience. You have become wiser. Because you are appreciating the benefits of sitting up at a certain time every day to study. You're appreciating the, the practice. The practice. You go to class, they teach you something. They tell you when you go home, practice. You realize that as you're practicing it, you gain more skill in it. Those of you that will go to the skills lab and they teach you things. 
you rehearse it. As you rehearse, you are getting more experience in it. You are becoming wise in it. When you begin to do it, we see as a wise man in it because you have practiced it. You have gained experience in it. I listen to what I'm telling you. Say practice. So we don't do one thing and stop and think that wisdom has come in one day. No. The wisdom increases. Because you are going to realize that wisdom is seen as a storehouse in the scriptures, in the revelation of God. Wisdom is not just one thing. It's like a storehouse. And they are, they are unsearchable treasures of wisdom. So wisdom is limitless. Because wisdom reveals a certain aspect of God. Hallelujah. Okay. No wonder the Bible said that, so that by the church, I mean, uh, God through the church will make known unto principalities and powers what is the manifold wisdom of God. Manifold wisdom of God. Multi-variated wisdom of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the Greek, it is polypoikilos, poly, plenty, many, different aspects of the wisdom of God. There are different dimensions, but we experience different dimensions by practice. By practice. You will not appreciate the wisdom in praying until you practice praying. So the, the, the wisdom principle is prayed. So Jesus will say that men ought to pray always and not faint. But you, you have not discovered the deeper wisdom in the praying because you have not started practicing it. But the moment you start practicing it, you, in your practice, you realize, that, oh, it's true. That men ought to, you see, it's like you have now entered the mind of Jesus. You have begun to get the wisdom of Jesus. The reason why Jesus said that men ought to always pray. You see, but you don't know that. Jesus has said it, but you have not taken it. You are not applying the principle. Or maybe you, you applied it once. You see, the wisdom is not there. Wisdom comes by what? Practice. Very important. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe me. Yes. Number three, wisdom. So this one is closely related to the laws. But, I mean, I'm mentioning it differently because um, the Lord is going to speak to us as we walk with him. Okay, so wisdom also comes by instruction. 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 In this, we are also dealing with the active leadings of God. The established principles of scripture, which we align with. Then as you go along, at some point in time of your life, as you seek the will of God and seek the face of God, God can tell you very specific things. You get it? Like an instruction. Don't go here. In, in a way, it doesn't look like maybe it's a principle per se, but it's a very specific instruction for a specific area of your life. Don't go here. Like the way I'm telling you people today that don't be in a hurry to date somebody. You understand? Uh, you see, are you listening? <laughs> you know, you know why I do that. Let me tell you. Sometimes, eh, when I'm teaching, 
Usually the people that I use for examples is true. <laughs> One day I was teaching somewhere and I said, like you, like the way your maybe your boyfriend is called Isaac. Then she said, Hey <laughs> How did you know? I said, Ah, I'm just teaching you. I'm just teaching you, hallelujah. Yeah, it's happened a couple of times. Yeah. It's happened a couple of times. <laughs> so, so instruction is very important. Don't mind them, don't mind them. Instruction. 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 So sometimes your parents will call you. Maybe when the conversation is about to drop, they'll just say, Be careful about this. It's an instruction. It's an instruction. Maybe they'll say, Take good care of yourself, or take good care of yourself. Take care of yourself, or take good care of yourself. Let me give you an example. During the COVID time, well, I was there one evening and then my, my mom called me. And then my dad also called me. But my dad called me as I spoke to him. He asked me what is going on. I should be careful. I should be careful. Okay, I said, no problem. Then he said, talk to your mom. My mom also spoke to me and said that, oh, your dad just feels that we should pray for you. So please, if you're at the workplace, be careful. You know, I said, yes, please. I think I spoke to them either on Monday or so. My first day, I was on cover of the hospital and I met some patients that had crossed the border from Burkina Faso. If you remember, they said that there are some patients that ran away from the border. Those of you that are following, yes. Those were the patients that I saw on the ward. And then they tested the patients and they were COVID positive. So me, I finished my my duty, I was in the house and then they called me that wherever you are, don't come out. <laughs> From now, we have quarantined you because the patient that you attended to, the patient has COVID. There's only one person, there are a number of them. Praise God. Hallelujah. You see. But all that they said was, be careful. Take good care of yourself. Sometimes you don't know. But then when they advise you, you don't know, you lose as you, oh, you are talking to me, you are talking, I know what I'm doing. Like, There's something hovering around you you have not seen. Yeah. Sometimes they are trying to preserve you. And I've also discovered that most of the time, when your parents tell you that, especially, I'm not talking about those who don't pray, when you have parents that pray, you need to be very careful with them. Because there have been moments in my life that I encounter people and around the time I've encountered them, my mom has a certain pushout attitude. Always calling, always checking on you. Please be careful. Take good care of yourself. Please be careful. You understand? Instruction is wisdom. It's wisdom. Some of you, you are going to discover that you will start talking to a certain girl and the more you talk to a girl, the more people are telling you that be careful. Because there's something you are not seeing, but they are seeing beyond. They may not be able to explain everything, but at least they are trying to preserve you. Or maybe there's a boy that is worrying you, calling you all the time, and then poor advising you, be careful. <laughs> be careful. You see, uh, usually when you hear that, sometimes you, you, that's when your stubbornness will arise. <laughs> it's a, it's a, Leave me alone. I'm in love. 
this 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 girl cannot do anything she's harmless hey she has dug a grave for you you don't know you're about to fall inside <laughs> praise god so wisdom comes by instruction it has that, it, it is at that level that you take certain decisions in life will question how you know the the wisdom that is at work in you because you are wondering, how did you take a wise decision like that? It didn't come from you. Somebody advised you. That's what Bible says, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. They, 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 they wonder, ah, it's like you are very different. It's like you don't make certain mistakes. Yes, because you are receiving instruction from somewhere. Don't do this. Don't pass here. Let me give you this last example. Because this man of God, he went to work one time. As he was going to sit on his chair, the Lord spoke to him, don't sit down. This is my office. This is my chair. So he picked the chair. He was going to sit down again. Then the nurse said, don't sit down. Let me stop. So he put the chair aside and went to pick another chair. That one, when he was sitting down, the Lord didn't say anything. So he was in the office. After about 15 minutes, somebody entered and they came to knock. Boss, is everything okay? So yeah. Then the guy went. Then another person came. Came to check. Hey, please, are you okay? He said, yes. Telling you. Then by the time the third person came, the third person came and greeted the guy. The man would say, Wow, you have powers. <laughs> you too, you notice. Know because the people had gone somewhere because it was it was resisting corruption in the office. And the people had gone somewhere, they have gone for something, they've told them that they should come and pour it. On the seat and around the seat. When he sit down, he'll be struck by stroke. They'll just rush him and then that'll be all. Yes. So when he was coming to sit down that day, the Lord said, Don't sit. Simple instruction. Don't sit. Very simple instruction. Don't sit down. Praise God. Hallelujah. When you're about to kiss the girl, you will hear the voice of the Lord. <laughs> You hear an instruction. Don't kiss her. <laughs> don't brush it aside, though. It's wisdom. Don't don't be foolish in that. Don't be foolish. Don't be foolish and go ahead and kiss the girl. No. You hear it. Said, you hear a voice be speaking from behind you. This is the way you walk there. You hear the voice. Don't kiss her. Don't touch her. Something when somebody says, Oh, why don't you come over to my place? When you're about to open your door and go, you hear a voice, don't go. That is wisdom speaking to you. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go. There are many people that ignore the voice. They went, they didn't come back. You see what I'm telling you? This wisdom. Instruction. Wisdom comes by instruction. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, our time is almost up. The next one is that wisdom comes by growth. I've mentioned this already. And maturity. Growth and maturity. Growth and maturity. Growth and maturity. Now, if you grow in spiritual things, you'll be wise in spiritual things. If you grow in carnal things, you'll be wise in carnal things. You see, you will know how to have sex and not get pregnant so that you can have more sex. 
Are you in church? Yes, sir. So I'm saying that if you grow in spirituality, you'll be wise in spiritual things. I mean, if you grow spiritually. If you grow in carnality, you'll be wise in carnal things. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Now, I've already explained to you what wise is. So it means that you have skills in carnal things. You have skills in sin. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. You have skills in sin. Because when you watch pornography one day, eh, and you go and watch another day, and you grow in it, you see that you have a lot of skills in it. Or you masturbate. You are going to have a lot of skills. You are going to mature in it. It will grow in you. As you are growing, it is also growing. Because you are still feeding it. You understand? Yeah. Now, I'm using these negative examples because I want you to be aware that the, the wisdom I'm talking about, though it's positive, you need to learn how to cut off all forms of wisdom or skills or experience which are negative in your life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When you don't know how to talk to girls and you talk to a girl one, you talk to a girl two, and then we start teaching you things about it. You will master it. And then you will know how to talk to many girls. And then now you tell us about yourself. Oh, this girl, I will talk to her for you. Relax. <laughs> you, 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 wait. Tomorrow by this time, I'll give you a number. Relax. <laughs> yeah, some of you are like that. You have become between her for people. Yourself, well, I'll lay the foundation for you. Don't. She's my friend. She's my friend. I'll lay the foundation for you. Wait for me. I'm coming. Then you go and lay foundation. And then you come into the challenge. She says she understands. Bajiatum, hallelujah. <laughs> so wisdom increases with maturity and growth. Okay? So allow yourself to grow in the right things. And then you're going to be wise in what? In the right things. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Wow. Say thank you, Jesus. All right. No, I'm closing already. Then wisdom also comes from the spirit of wisdom. Wisdom also comes from the spirit of wisdom. Now, on this level, the wisdom can come by inspiration. Okay, now when we talk about the inspiration, you are going to look at it on two planes. Plane one, inspiration in terms of life, okay? When the spirit of wisdom gives you life, he breathes the life of wisdom or the nature of wisdom into your spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you following me? Okay, so your being alive in Christ already has positioned you to benefit from the wisdom that is in the life of Christ. Because the spirit of wisdom is the Holy Ghost. Okay? The spirit of wisdom is the Holy Ghost. If I want to talk about the growth, I should have told you something. Okay. Let me say this one before I move on. Now, there are principles of growth. Okay? I won't teach you today because of time. Remind me so that I can teach you guys so you understand how to grow in the things of God. There are principles of growth, okay? 
So, remind me. Let's put it somewhere. Amen. So, there's a way to grow. Okay. One of the principles of growth is feeding. So, Paul speaks unto Timothy. He said that from your childhood, that has been acquainted with the Holy Scriptures. It means that he's one that has been reading the Scriptures. And he said, which is able to make you wise unto salvation. So, he's feeding on the Word. Though he was a child, as he was growing, he was growing with that diet. And the more he was growing with that diet, the more he was becoming wise in that area of his life. Are you following me? Uh-huh. So, that is good. But I'm also saying that wisdom can be empowered in you by a spirit, which we call the spirit of wisdom. And this spirit of wisdom is the Holy Spirit. Okay? And I'm saying that one of the ways the spirit of God is going to produce wisdom in you is by inspiration. And I'm saying that by that inspiration, we have number one, okay, the life that it produces in us. So all of us, we are born again because the Spirit of God has given us life. So within your inner man, within your spirit, there's a residue of wisdom. Okay? The believer is wiser than the unbeliever. In the matters concerning life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Yes. yes. What what Christ did for us is for us to share in his nature. And one of the dimensions is wisdom. Praise God. Hallelujah. Bible says he has given us these great <coughs> promises so that by them we might become partakers of his divine nature. So we share in. So the wisdom that was at work in Christ is at work also in your spirit by the spirit of God. That's what I'm talking about. So we are alive in Christ and we are alive by the spirit. And this same spirit that has made us alive also produces wisdom in us. So when you understand it this way, that we are alive by the spirit of God, so there's wisdom in you, then you remember the other principle, growth. So the man that grows in the spirit matures in the wisdom that is at work in the spirit by the spirit of God. Do you understand? Does it make sense? So inspiration in terms of life, nature. Then the second aspect of inspiration is connected to the instruction that we spoke about. The examples of the instruction I gave you, one of them are saying that as you are going to do something, you will hear the spirit of God speak to you. That's also inspiration because the Spirit of God is inspiring you at that time to act and function a certain way. Okay. But the other aspect of it that I'm adding is that sometimes the leading of the Spirit is not active. The leading of the Spirit can be active or passive. Active means that you have heard the word. That don't go here, don't do this. Passive means that the Spirit of God touches your desire and affection. And your willingness to do something so that you begin to feel to do what you are supposed to do. Does it make sense? Yes, Bible said it is God that works in us both to will, so the desire, and to do. So the inspiration of the Holy Ghost is able to <coughs> manipulate your heart. Manipulate your heart. That is why one day, if as you are working with the Holy Spirit, he has the Holy Spirit to help you. One day when you're going to get married, the Holy Spirit can create in you a desire for the right person. 
Do you get it? Yeah, because some people, they will tell themselves that under normal circumstances, I won't choose this person. But the Holy Ghost has come to help you to choose that person because she's the one that will save you. Now, I'm going to tell you something. It's not because I'm saying it. Even my father knows it. Because of my mom, by the grace of God, my father is alive. Yes. My mother, I'm serious. My mother has preserved the life of my father. Hmm? My mother has preserved the life of my father. My father, he believes that if God didn't bless him, wife dear, he bless him. Yeah, he knows. He knows. When, when, he, has, when he has an issue, he, he, he doesn't know how to handle it. Come and please pray about this thing. I know when you pray, God will hear you pray. <laughs> then she, he will leave the matter. And then indeed, God hears. I'm telling you something. Tell me something. My, my dad has been so close to death many times. But for the intervention that came, you know, to us by God, through the prayers and the presence of my mom. So you can, you can marry a woman that can give you life. You can woman, marry a woman that can bring death to you. Yes. And I'm saying that the Holy Spirit can help you. Because that, the Holy Spirit helped my dad. You see, he helped my dad. Because my mom was telling me their story. My, my, <laughs> my mom said that when this met one, two, I think on another occasion or so, my dad said that he has had a dream. He has seen some things crashing and he feels that the crashing is the two of them. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm telling you something. And my mom too went to pray, but she also felt like the crashing is the two of them. It's always, let us crash. <laughs> Praise God. I listen to what I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm closing. So the Spirit of God, by inspiration, inspiration in terms of the life that it produces in us. Inspiration also in terms of the influence that it has on our will. And then the instructions that come to us. That is one, one side. Okay. Then the Spirit of God also helps us with wisdom by our intimacy with Him, relationship. Relationship. If you are going to be wise, you need to relate to the Holy Spirit. You need to relate the Spirit with the Spirit of wisdom. I can give you so many examples. Since you are students, let me give you one. Or maybe two. Then I end it. Next week we'll continue. My final exam, final year exam. But let me tell you this other one first. When I was in SHS, when we were going to write the WASI, I, the social studies paper, when I woke up, I was going to read, and then the Lord spoke to me and said, don't do that. Go and have your quiet time. I said, ah, I want to. <laughs> I, I, want to I want to do last minute apple. I said, no, 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 no. Go and have your quiet time. So I picked my Bible. I picked uh, I was using this book. I think they call it Living Streams also. I've forgotten the name. But it's a small book. Green. You know. I carried the book, my Bible. Then I picked Global Series, the Social Studies textbook. And I went to... Where we used to pray, we called the place Amory. So I went there to go and have my quiet time. When I finished having my quiet time, I said, Lord, 
Okay, now what's next? He said, pick the book. I picked the book. He said, turn the book to the back. I turn the book. So, like, as even this is the textbook, eh? I turn the book, the back this way. Then he said, start reading from the back. I said, ah. <laughs> okay, then I started reading chapter one, chapter two, chapter. So, I was reading the book on the back, oh, like this. Then I heard the door, clink, 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 clink. Let's go inside. Now, so she said, write paper two before write paper one. So when I entered paper two, four questions, three of the topics mean that one in each session were the topics I just read from the, from the book. Ditto, ditto. Ditto, ditto. No, no, I'm not exaggerating. I'm, I won't lie to you. God is my witness. Ditto, ditto. The last question I answered was a question of migration. And that one I chose because I said that Social studies in JHS, I actual migration. We have better natural. <laughs> what I use for JHS, I write it here. It's the same thing. So when I finished Wasi, I knew that if I don't get anything, social studies, here. <laughs> I told myself, if they are given an award in social studies, I'll get it. No, no, I was so sure because that power was so clear. Like, I cannot solve it. <laughs> Is a that is what the Holy Spirit can do for you, help you easily by instruction. Final year exam, medical school, Viva Station, medicine. Somebody went to the station, had a question organophosphate poisoning. By that time, we are not discussed it. So the guy was, you know, he couldn't answer the distance, you know. And as I was entering the, I said, Lord, what do we do? Because I didn't want any question I cannot answer. Then the Lord spoke to me. He said, I pick the paper that is closest to you. He said, pick that. Okay. So I pick it. When, when the examiner opened it, he said, ah, what question is this? Because he said, it was a question on pneumonia. He said, what is this? <laughs> this one, first years can answer pneumonia question. He said, you don't know. The Holy Spirit is helping me in my mind. I'm coming to clear this thing fast, fast, and get up and go. Hallelujah. Praise God. That is what the inspiration of the Holy Ghost can do for you. Yes. Yeah. That's what the inspiration can do for you. That's what the direction. That is what the intimacy you have with him can do for you. The psalmist says that he teaches me wisdom in my inner heart, or my secret heart. Psalm 51. He teaches me wisdom. So the people that have a relationship with God encounter the wisdom of God. I pray tonight that the Lord will grant you grace. I pray that the Lord will help you. I pray that the Lord will empower you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you learned something? Yeah. Any questions before we go? Next week, as I said, we deal with love at first insight. Okay. We'll be talking a bit on relation after that. We'll go back to the matter of building. Okay. Any questions? Please feel free. Let's address any concern you have. Then we go. Anybody? Any questions? Is there something maybe related to this or any other thing that might be bothering you? Anyone? Yes, sir. Yes, please. That's a very good question. Amen. A lot of people have been teaching in recent times. <laughs> That once saved, forever saved. But when you look at the 
you know, when, when we look at scripture, one of the principles of scripture is to interpret scripture in scripture. What it means is that we have seen examples, you know, in various areas in scripture where we are being cautioned to be mindful of the salvation that we have received. Now, we are saved by faith or through faith in Christ Jesus, by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. It's not by works, lest anyone should boast. So, what has brought the salvation to you is faith in Christ Jesus. Are you following me? Now, what it means is that when we take the faith away, there's no salvation. Does it make sense? We are saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. So, Paul speaks about examples of people that have made shipwreck of their faith. It means that their faith has crashed. Or their faith has failed. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that one can happen or take place in different ways and forms. Okay. Usually it's through deception. So doctrines of devils, that the people are being taught that there is no God, there's no God, there's no God. When your faith in Christ Jesus is defeated, it means that you have, you know, uh, let me say, disregarded the whole work of Christ, which is the basis of your salvation. So this is just one example. Okay. But if your question is about whether maybe because of sin, okay, you know, maybe let's say that uh, somebody believes in Christ, but before he died, okay, the person was involved in sin and he didn't get a chance to confess before he died. And you're asking whether because of that, the person has lost the salvation. And that one, I'll tell you that, no. Please understand me. You get the difference. Okay? Because the person's sins have been paid for. Okay? Paid for. The person still has faith in Christ Jesus. Faith in him means that you have faith in his finished works. Okay? So even when you didn't get the chance to confess before you died, your faith is what saves you or what has saved you. Are you following me? Uh -huh. But when your faith in him is tempered with, you cannot get the salvation that also comes by him. Okay? It's a matter of faith. So yes, it's possible for one to lose the salvation. How do they do that? What sees, which is the faith, maybe the person has made shipwreck. And as I said, it can come through different, different means. Okay? Uh -huh. Now, can sin lead you to that place? Yes. Can sin lead you to that place? Yes. Because as people continue in error, it numbs the heart. And as it numbs the heart, it will get to a point, faith will fail. Are you following me? <laughs> faith will fail. Then they may go very far and then start engaging demonic and satanic entities that will turn their, their heart away from God. And we come to a place they don't believe again. And as I said, when the faith is absent, there's nothing that saves you. You see, when Christ appears at the rapture, okay, or at the resurrection, the Bible says emphatically that they that are alive and in Christ. That's what the Bible says. And they that are asleep and in him, or they that are asleep in Jesus. So, it's very specific. It's not those outside of him, but those in him. And we are in him by faith. The faith that saved us. Are you following me? 
So in your walking on the earth, if you don't have faith in him, you are none of his. Your path to life is different. Amen. Amen. So it's possible to, to lose your salvation. It's possible. But I've explained the dimensions to you. An act of sin doesn't nullify one's salvation. The matter is a matter related to the faith in him. Okay? But can continuous sinning lead you there? Yes. And I've explained. It numbs the heart. It takes the heart away from God. And then they believe in other things. Okay? But if somebody says that once you, for it, once you can live your life anyhow, it's not true. Okay? Any other question, please? Yes, sir. That's a good question. So maybe I have to also spend time teaching about the voice of God or the voice of the Spirit. There are different ways by which God speaks to us. God can speak to you by the voice of your mind. Okay? Now, look at it this way. The senses that you see physically, your inner man also has those senses. Okay? Now, if I talk about the inner man, I'm talking about the union between your spirit and your soul. Okay? Now, we know that they are united by the word, you know, the word of God reveals that to us. Hebrews 4. Are you following me? The relationship between the soul and the spirit is like bone and its marrow, or bone and the joints. They are together. They are almost together like this. Only separated by the word of God. Are you following me? Okay. So, what you see outward, in fact, the, the, the body was fashioned according to the inner man. So, the inner man has eyes, it has, it has ears and all of that. Now, so what it means that God can speak to the, man, the, the ears of your inner man. Okay. And God can speak to the eyes of your inner man and all of that. So, there are times God may be speaking to you. You may hear it as if it's your own voice, or you may hear it as a distant voice because it's coming from your inner man. Very few people hear the audible voice of God. Very few people hear the audible voice of God. But now, how are you going to differentiate whether it is your voice or is the voice of the Spirit? That is when the Word of God comes in. Because as you go up and down, and then you are, you know, um, filling yourself with the word of God. What the word of God is doing is that it's also separating within you what is of God and what is of you. Okay, Bible said, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing ascender of the soul and spirit, and is the discerner of the intent and the thoughts of the heart. So the word descends is able to determine, you know, dissect that this is of the heart of man, and this is the is of God. Okay, so the secret first of all starts from, you know, your relationship with the Word of God. It even helps you to be able to interpret your dreams, because when you want to, you know, interpret dreams, you need some light in you. Okay, and that also comes by the Word of God. And the other dimension that will also help you is by the Spirit of God. So indeed, God can speak to you and you may feel that is your mind. But if you want to master that, spend more time in the Word of God, reading, meditating, 
Okay? Because God will not speak to you against his word. He's going to speak in accordance with his word. Please, you understand? Uh-huh. Usually what I also do is that when maybe you want to take a decision, you are not so sure whether it's your man or your God, spend time praying about it. Spend time praying about it specifically. Like just mention it out to God and spend time praying about it. And then also spend time looking at scriptures concerning that area. As you are doing that, the answer will pop up strong in your spirit. Is that okay? Please, does it help? Uh-huh. So you need the word of God to be able to descend very clearly. Amen.